Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Every month, the Library Love Fest team presents some of our exciting upcoming titles live on Facebook. This is the audio from our May presentation. You can find the video on our Facebook page and on our video archive on our website at www.librarylovefest.com. Enjoy! Good morning, it's Marissa Benedetto from Book Studio 16 and we are here with one of our very favorite teams, the Library Love Fest team. Today, they're going to be talking about some of their famous books and things that you can find on their desk. So first, introduce yourselves and then start with one of your first picks. Hello, I am Virginia Stanley, Director of Library Marketing at HarperCollins. That's who I am. You're so much more than that. That's <laughs> a lot, but yeah. Um, I'm Chris Connolly, also with the Library Marketing team, uh, faithful, faithful advocate too libraries and books everywhere, and Virginia, our fearless leader. I had a dream about him last night, we'll tell you about it later. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Lainey, and I'm with the marketing team as well for libraries. So we are bringing books to you, some are new, some are forthcoming, um, and, and some have backlists, so if the forthcoming ones are not available yet on your, at your bookstores, uh, then you can find their backlist. So something for everybody. But hello, librarians. We love you all for listening in. And uh, yeah, so we thought today would be funny in that we would talk about books, but also to talk about stuff on our desks. Just we because. Have we have a lot. And people are already tuning in. Really? Ask questions. Let us know where you're watching from. We have somebody watching from Sparta, New Jersey, Vesna. Huh. Diane Short LaRue says, hi, all. That's a lot of books there. And Parvez says hello. <laughs> hello. So, okay. Well, should we start with um, should we start with an? Uh, let's start with a book, and then we'll go to an object. Objet d'art. Hello. <laughs> uh, first out of the gate, everybody needs to know it's here. Dot Frank's new book. By invitation only. There's no water on this jacket because it takes place not just in the low country, but also in Chicago. And it's about this couple, and it's about the haves and the have-nots, and when the have-nots become the haves, and the haves become the have-nots, and it goes from there. And she's a fabulous storyteller, and we're so, so, so excited that this book is out. So if you've never picked up Da Frank, where have you been? And <laughs> if you have, then you're in luck, because this is just about to come out. So we need to tell you about that, and we love Da Frank. So. That's to kick it off. And she does all the library stuff. So she's uh. going to some libraries on her tour. She came and spoke with us at a few conferences this year. She did Midwinter ALA. She did GLA, the Texas, Texas library. library Association. She, if you go to our video studio, uh, uh, Library Love Fest, there's a um, great video from her. We just love her. So anyway, that's Not Frank by invitation only. And May 15th. May 15th on sale. And with that, I bring you my first objet d'art or crap on my desk. And this is, uh, two years ago I had my gallbladder taken out. 
um, in the middle of the night, and it hurt like hell. And when I came back uh, from my surgery, back to the office, Chris and the then uh, other third of our department had presented me with um, a stuffed uh, gallbladder. Now, some of you have seen this before, and if you ever need to buy um, somebody a, a stuffed organ, like a plush organ, there's a website that does all this stuff. I'll tell you about it later. But, um, but then we decided to dress him up, and we gave him a sombrero, and we named him Senor Galito. So there's my first, there's my whole A. There's truly every body part you can imagine on this website. Oh, yeah. Too, so oh, yeah. Yes. For there's, all occasions. For all occasions, for, for all ectomies, there's something. <laughs> it's a website called I, the letter I, the letter I. Uh, heart guts, iheartguts.com. <laughs> and honestly, if you have, you want, if you need a spleen, go there. Okay. And we have an open office here at HarperCollins, so everybody could see Senor Galito. Yes, they can, and they like to come by and and squeeze him, <laughs> but no bile comes out because he's been ectomied. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing. You're welcome. <clears throat> and shall we move on? <laughs> sure. Okay. I'd like to digest that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think you win the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, I'll talk about a book. One, we have a sequel, so I'm going to first just kind of give you a brief overview. Many of you might know about Linnea Hartsiker, The Half-Drowned King. Uh, this came out, I believe, last year. Um, it's kind of an epic Viking saga. It's the first in a three-book trilogy. Uh, it kind of explores the creation of... Uh, Nordic kings and things like that. It's an epic power struggle. It's very much like Game of Thrones, but with Vikings. Uh, so great characterizations. It got like truly all the stars, all the starred reviews, um, book list, library journal. Uh, just and what's great about it is there's a female character kind of at the head of it, um, and she she everyone's fully fleshed out, but she's there's no damsel in distress story here. Um, so the second one's coming out. Basically in the first one, again, it's exploring this guy, uh, this young king who was betrayed on this boat and he needs to get back to his kingdom. And in the meantime, there's this kind of prophesied up-and-coming guy who is prophesied to be basically the first full king of Norway. So that takes place in this one. The struggle continues. And then in this new book, it's exploring the same kind of power dynamic. So things have kind of settled where this prophesied king has risen to power. Uh, the man who was betrayed in this book is now serving that king, fighting battles. And the sister, who in this book was kind of captured and under really dire circumstances, is now raising her son and trying to decide how to keep him from all the deadly happenings, all the political intrigue and murders and just horrible things that are taking place. And how can she raise her son and not be involved in this, even though all the powers that be are kind of pushing her towards that. Um, she's brilliant. Um, it, it, I, I just, I, I can't overstate our, again, former colleague, Amanda Roundtree, did an interview with Linnea, uh, who actually can trace her lineage back to the first king of Norway, which is crazy. I mean, if you're ever destined to write a book about Norwegian kings, Linnea was meant for it. Uh, and she's brilliant. And they're just, again, completely um, critical praise all over the place. And I love the jackets, I love the designs. Um, just a huge series for us. And, and I think it, again, with Game of Thrones being so popular, 
this is like this is the one for you. Anyone who loves Game of Thrones. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little froggy. This comes out in August. You can buy the Half John King now, though, uh, and just eagerly anticipate the second one. And our viewers it. are weighing in. Half John King was one of my favorites. Go Viking, says Kimberly. <laughs> yes. Sherry says, what a great way to start the weekend. Books. And somebody says, Jen Worth says, Chris, tell Kim to bring me a copy of the Half Drowned King. So Kim. I guess we could Does arrange that. Does she know that. that Kim's around? I don't, I don't know. I mean, not that Kim is around. Where is she around? She, I don't know. Maybe we'll find her on your desk. I'm not looking around at her the right office. now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what object do you have to share with us? Uh, should I just start at Max Weird? Go crazy. Um, so as you know, we do, pro some of you might know, we do promo videos before our main conferences because we do a book buzz. We want everyone to come. So our brilliant video studio always works with us to make crazy promo videos. And there's a lot of props involved, and I don't know, it's hard to throw away props because they mean something to us. There's, you know, we go through I a can lot throw them. them all away. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, never, it's never too late. So I was a forecaster, and we had a giant fan, and I wore this, this comb-over cap, kind of bald cap thing. I'm not going to put it on because it would look weird with my long... I'm going to put it on. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. I don't know how twisted this looks. It's pretty early for everyone. <laughs> so I still have this at my desk because I love it and I love the video. You can check it out on our YouTube page. Um, it was for Chicago. It, it was will Chicago, blow you away. City, and I was, we were blown away, as was my hairpiece. And uh, so I just keep it around because it's good company. It's fetching. It's very fetching. This, this is going to be the summer style of New York. Um, God help us. No, you question? Uh, so that's my first object. And, and Victoria Sanders says that you look dashing. Oh, Victoria. She's good people. She has very good taste in friends. <laughs> and Elizabeth Silver wants to know, will all of you be presenters at BEA? Uh, I will be presenting at BEA. Um, there aren't as many opportunities, but come to ALA and you will hear us aplenty, all three of us. And for anyone who doesn't know, BEA, which is now Book Expo, is a Be. Be, is a huge book event here in New York coming up at the end of this month. ALA, the American Library Association, it's our annual conference, uh, which is also towards the end of June. And uh, you should come to all of them and see us and give us hugs. So please continue to ask Candy. Library Love Fest your questions, send us your comments, tell us where you're watching from, and what's the next book? Laney Manny Mays. I have to give somebody Pete the Cat. Well, why aren't you? I have you to uh, reach over him. Okay. Okay. So, the first book I want to talk about. Oh, we're talking about books, not toys. Sorry. I forgot. Oh, well, I can talk about toys. No, go ahead. Well. Um, so, the first one is Alice Isn't Dead by Joseph Fink. I got you. Thank you. And he also wrote these two, which I'll talk about in a minute. So, this is based on the like award winning podcast. This podcast has been recorded, or I mean, downloaded over six million times. So it's one of the most downloaded fiction podcasts in the world, which is insane, and we all know him. I like podcasts a little bit. You do? <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> changing her name to Potty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but so this podcast is about a woman named Keisha Taylor. She's married to a woman named Alice, and when Alice goes missing and she believes she's dead, she mourns and tries to kind of get over her wife's death, and she's moving on, and then she starts seeing her in backgrounds of news um, clips on TV, and she thinks, like, it's all 
crazy things that are happening in the world, like devastation, and she sees like images of her wife behind these newscasters. So she decides Alice isn't dead. So she takes a job with a trucking company and she's gonna go across country and pinpoint the places she saw her wife on TV and see if she can figure it out. But along the way, there's some weird characters that come out. It's very gritty and very kind of dark. As you can see, the cover is really cool because it, the truck's on top and then the skull is at the bottom on the reflection. I think that's, I don't know, I love this cover. I think it's gorgeous. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Josephine created the podcast, and it's a standalone. It is the same story, but it's not the exact same story. So it kind of goes a little deeper. If you like the podcast and you want to know a little bit more about this world, this is really a deep dive. It is a standalone, but these are the others. So Welcome to Night Vale and It Devours. Um, based, this is based on the Welcome to Night Vale podcast, which I do like as well. <laughs> <laughs> this company has really great podcasts in general. Um, and so it asks the question, I really liked this, so I'm going to read it. Why did Alice disappear? What does she have to do with the secret war between inhuman killers and why did the chicken cross the road? These <laughs> questions and many more answered and Alice isn't dead. So I am really, really excited about this book. Um, and it's being adapted to a TV show, the guy who did Mr. Robot. They're going nice. to adapt it for um, USA. So it's really cool. Ugh, you, have to you have to read it. Nicole says, I must read it. Evelyn says, good morning from Spokane, Washington. Oh, and this is a great one. Early. Lillian says, hello from Seattle. Up again at 7.30 because you guys are awesome. Good morning. Aww. Hey, Lillian. Aww, Lillian. Staunch supporter, Lillian. Yeah, Love she's you. the best. You best are. Best All right, Lainey, what are you going Lainey. to share with us? Oh. What's your toy? Did you want to do, did you want to do Petey? No, it's not mine. Oh, are you, like, do what you want. Um, I have... I'll do two small ones, because you guys had big ones. So I have my Barracoon button, the new Zora Neale Hurston. Ooh. New York Times bestselling. Yes. Very nice. Um, and Zora is on my button, so I'm representing her today. And <laughs> I also have these postcards on my desk. This one's of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and a quote by um, Kimothy Joy, who did this beautiful book. It's like on the back of it. You probably can't see that. But um, the book has all these pretty drawings of famous women and quotes that they've said and that's what she girl, said yeah that's what it's called but it's just girl power and i have them on my desk for inspiration she's another author we met at one of our denver. conferences denver so ala midwinter and she is super cool and a super talented artist and people really reacted to that book yeah. it's just uh it's a really it's really well done again yeah. it's just like illustrations of famous women with meaningful quotes yeah it kind of took off when she was doing the drawings and then people put them on posters for the women's march so mm -hmm. it's great you've probably seen them on signs oh my god she was so lovely and they're very very it's a very cool book so there's um four of the postcards that we have there i don't know she did hand drew all of these so gorgeous. the title of the book that's what, she, That's what said. she said. What's the pub date? Do we have it? Was it was April. April. Okay. April. So oh, pick it up. Go, go, go. It's Sorry. a fabulous gift book. It's gorgeous. Okay. Where are we? Back um, to the book. Oh, my God. I'm parched. <laughs> well, <laughs> luckily, we had this lying around on your desk. Naturally. Desk. Yes. Shocker. Uh, it's a Grand Vin de Bourgogne Pinot Noir 2016. Good year. Fall. I think so. Fall, 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 <laughs> fall, fall. So, um, Good year for me. Oh my God, I'm gonna and let's also share this lovely drink with somebody who's saying that 
They look forward to you guys every Friday. Please never stop. Comes oh, from Rosemary. Aww. That's so, so nice. Toast Who to said Rose, that? Rosemary Pastillo. Thank you. Rosemary. Give Pour a little for smile Rose- for no, me. I'm just going to pass Rosemary. And Kimberly says, I agree with Rosemary. You make us all laugh, and we want to stop everything and just read. Thank oh, you. Oh, thank you so uh-huh. much. Let's toast to you guys, because that's yes. really nice of you. Oh. Hurry, I have the shakes. <laughs> Diane Short LaRue says, love the RBG postcard. That's what she said. Has so many gorgeous illustrations. Yes. Uh, it's, it's so cool. It's just really, really wonderful. And Noreen also Spend. says, my husband has read every peak book to my grandchildren. And she says in capital letters, groovy. <laughs> Can we coordinate our spin to look super cool oh, yeah, at yeah, the let's same do it. time? Here oh, we are. Spin it. Here we're spinning. We're oh, spinning almost, for you, everyone. I almost stained Senor Galito. A spin and a cheers. <laughs> a spin and a cheers. And here's to you. And thanks so much cheers, for tuning y'all. in. And we will stop fooling around and get back to the books. Chink. Promise. Chink. Cheers, cheers. And chink to Scooter and Marissa and a guest star. <gasps> All right. So are we going to introduce our guest star? Smooth. Yeah. Why not? All right. Introducing. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. Kim. 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 How did you get to the tiki hut? This is my magic. Oh wait, I have to. I dr- Excuse me. I'm just gonna put this there for right now. I'm gonna dress for the tiki oh. hut tonight. Can you see my Kim? Oh this is my you have first. to bend down a little bit. Yeah, really this is my first time. This is an interesting squatting position <laughs> I'm doing right now. Uh, this is my first time in the tiki hut, and I am totally excited. So I wanted to match the match the decor okay kim tell us tell everyone who you are and what do you do and why are you in our tiki hut um so i am kim Rickon. i'm the senior marketing associate for harper academic thank you Welcome. um so i am in the academic marketing department um we do all kinds of marketing for educators and college and university professors so that's what i do and i'm in the tiki hut today to, she can have oh my seat. gosh i have a stool well chick you want maybe you, you should be, sit on my seat you am i too tall no, you're too tall. I'm gonna scoot out. Am I too out. tall? Okay. Scoot out. Oh my god, it's so professional. Oh my god. <laughs> so today, are we talking about? Should we talk about the books? That, yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So, well, do you want to start talking oh, about about? Well, I will. Since I will a... provide the intro, and then you, in your brilliance. So Kim does like re- you do reading guides and things for academic. Um, and Kim is one of the closest readers in the building, if not the closest reader in the building. She's a champion, indeed. Um, and she has, I don't know why I'm speaking for you. You're going to do this better. But um, one author that you are in love with, and many others are, in like a professional book I don't know. Way, uh, <laughs> is Sarah Perry. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not. The Essex you're... Serpent, which is gorgeous, came yes. out two was it about a year and a half ago the, in hardback. The hardback came out um, last uh, last year, and the paperback is out um, now in April. It came out, so you can go find the paperback for the Essex Serpent, the, be- the beautifully covered Essex Serpent. Um, you can find that in all good shops and libraries now. Yes, um, and so her follow-up, Melmoth, which is coming in October. October sixteenth. Yeah, there you are. There I am. Um, which is a this was a historical novel mm-hmm. taking place in Essex, kind of again exploring faith versus science, mm-hmm. and and it, I mean it was a brilliant novel. And I don't know if you want to talk about the Essex Serpent a little bit more. 
Um, it was, it's historical fiction. Um, it takes its place from um, actually a 17th century pamphlet called um, Strange News Out of Essex um, or the Flying Serpent. Um, so Sarah takes that actual 17th century pamphlet, moves the myth of the Essex Serpent up in historical time to the 1890s. So in, you're in the time of Charles Darwin and evolution and the battle of the Victorian battle of faith versus reason and all of those wonderful, wonderful things. And Chris Seaburn um, is a very happy widow because she was a very unhappily married woman. Um, so when her horrible husband dies, um, that was very, I'm sorry to sound grim, but that was, I was really happy when that happened. <laughs> he was a horrible man. Um, horrible so, man. Yeah. So when Cora's horrible husband dies, she gets to sort of do her own thing and she, um, is a key naturalist. So she hears about this mythical beast that has come back. Um, and she decides to go up to Essex to, to see what it's all about. So, um, she meets a vicar, she befriends a vicar. Um, so there you have sort of the personified battle of faith versus reason and science. Um, and it's a great, great neo-Victorian novel. So if you like that kind of fiction, if you like that kind of, um, kind of epic storytelling, it's a really, really wonderful, wonderful book. And I, what's so cool, because yeah, you mentioned just the pamphlet that mm -hmm. it's kind of based upon, Sarah obviously like has this thing with finding obscure documents and then expanding in ways you would never imagine. And with her new book, Melmoth, which also the jackets for these books are just all face-meltingly good. Yeah, um, Pete, Pete Dyer in the UK, um, Peter Dyer in the UK is uh, the designer who did both of the jackets. Gorgeous. Um, and so with this one, it's based on this old 1820s gothic novel called Melmoth the Wanderer. Mm -hmm, by Charles Madrid. Have you read it? Yes. It's been a while, but yes, I have read Charles Madarin's Melmoth the Wanderer. And who, amongst his, the fans of the novel... No one reads Charles Madarin's Melmoth the Wanderer. I mean, it's a, it's a running... It's, it. He loved it. He loved it, yes. It's a, it's a kind of a running joke that no one has read the Madarin novel in Melmoth. So. Well, and it's, but... No, and, Sarah, and, Sarah <laughs> and Sarah And Sarah Perry. And Sarah Perry. Um, and this takes us in... I mean, it skips over time, mm -hmm. and there's different viewpoints, but it mostly takes place like modern day... Yeah, it's... Yeah. Set, yeah, it's set contemporaneously in 2017, um, and it's set in Prague, um, so we have a, a slightly different um, setting compared to the Essex Serpent, um, but we have an Essex girl. Uh, Helen, <laughs> Helen Franklin is um, the main, one of the main characters. Um, she is working as a translator in Prague, um, and she, like Cora Seaburn, is a very sort of... Um, analytically minded woman. Um, that's a theme, perhaps, from Sarah's fiction. <laughs> but um, she um, befriends this, this man, he's a, he's a professor, and he one day shows her this crazy letter and file that he was bequeathed, in a manner of speaking, um, containing the legend and the story of, of Melmoth. Um, in Sarah's book, it's Melmoth the Witness, um, there's a slight gender reversal. Sarah's Melmoth is a woman uh, who haunts, um, as opposed to Charles Maturin, who was, um, his Melmoth was, was a man. Um, so it's a great, if you like gothic fiction, if you like scary bedtime stories, one of the lines that I love from the book is, don't ghost stories make the best bedtime reading. Um, and this is just a really, really fascinating, fascinating look. And, Melmoth in, in Sarah's novel is, is always a very sort of peripheral figure. There's a lot of references in the book to um, 
seeing things out of the corner of your eye. And when I was reading it, I was at my desk reading and I would always think that I saw something out of the corner of my eye move. And so every time I would look, there would be nothing there. And it was, it really got into my head and that's kind of been the reaction so far from, from some other folks who've had early copies of it to, to read. Um, so if you like, if you like gothic fiction, if you like ghost stories, if you like the feeling of being pleasantly haunted or not, um, <laughs> I think you'll really, really like um, Melmoth. Can we talk about the babies? We can talk about the babies. <laughs> we can talk about the babies. Kim has an object for I have an object, yeah. So this, I don't know if you can see it because it's very, very tiny. Um, so every year, a very kind librarian from New Orleans sends our lovely library marketing team uh, a king cake for Mardi Gras. And last year was my first Mardi Gras experience um, <laughs> as part of the academic and library marketing team here at HarperCollins. And so I did not find the baby last year. Uh, v found the baby, and V was kind enough to give me the baby. So the baby has been perched. Uh, last year's baby has been <laughs> perched. I you found it this year, too. She found my, it this year, and she gave me desk. the baby. Well, the baby is cooked into the cake. It's yes. cooked into the cake. And, and we yeah. did the whole cake, and yeah. it was in the last it was the very worried. last piece. And whoever eats it, it's good luck. Yeah. Whoever, well, well finds the baby. Well, finds yeah, it. finds it. We, it. we recommend spitting it out, quite frankly. If, <laughs> Don't if, eat the baby. Putting it on your desk. Putting it on your desk. So this year, Lainey has, Lainey has the baby from this year's King Cake. And we have uh, an open office plan, and we have these little, like, sort of frosted faux glass Kim separators yeah. and so my baby sits on my side on my little ledge and Lainey put hers on the other side so it kind of looks like baby prison <laughs> sort of this weird daycare yeah, okay daycare, daycare is probably they better keep you know? each other company yeah they keep each other but company but they just they, they sit on names? the wall like this. I have not named. No, we haven't gone that far. We haven't. Yeah, we <laughs> haven't. Year. We haven't stretched it that. Well, we'll bring the far. third baby next year. Yeah, somebody baby. else has to have. You know. I'm fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Maybe you should ask our viewers to name the babies. Oh. Okay. Submit. Library love fest and academic king cake baby. King cake baby. Name <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, so also let us know. That's okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> where you're watching from, if you have any questions, and say oh, hi. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm going to um, move the babies off. Do you want to talk about another book? Should, should, I, talk about another, should I talk about my last book? No, yeah. I thought you were going to do. No, is that your last book? This is my last book, yeah. Okay. okay. So another book, the last book of mine anyway, that, that I will talk about, um, is coming out in September. Uh, it is a debut from Imogen Hermes Gower. Uh, it is called The Mermaid and Mrs. Hancock. Uh, this is set in 1780s London. Uh, three things to know about this book. A merchant, a mermaid, and a madam. So you have a, a merchant, Jonah. Uh, he comes across um, one of his one of his ship captains you know comes back um, one night and says hey sorry all that cargo that you sent me off with to make you to make you some money I kind of ditched that uh, and I'm gonna bring you back this curiosity I have a mermaid for you um, 
And Jonah's like, I don't understand this. Mermaids aren't a thing. <laughs> um, however, uh, in the world that, that Imogen has created, uh, mermaids are most definitely a thing. Um, and uh, Jonah takes possession of this curiosity. And it's, um, he is, he's, a, he's a humble man. He gets entwined um, with essentially a house of ill repute. <laughs> uh, he gets he gets entwined with Angelica Neal, um, who is described in the book as a courtesan, fancy word for prostitute, um, and together they sort of form this very unlikely um, unlikely union um, to to talk about and to think about what this curiosity, how this curiosity is operating in society. Um, it's based like Sarah Perry's Monmouth and Sarah Perry's The Essex Serpent. It's based on an actual historical. Uh, event, curiosity, that was also a hoax. It's based on the Fiji mermaid. Um, Fiji mermaids are sort of collectible things that lots of sailors claimed to find. Um, they're not actually mermaids. So, um, what? Yeah, I know, shocker. Uh, so, but P.T. Barnum, if you just Google uh, the Fiji mermaid, P.T. Barnum came up with an ad in the United States to bring around to different events and, and curiosities. And so you can see these very voluptuous sorts of things kind of like this this is also at my desk um do you want to well we don't need to unfurl it but so kind of like the voluptuous mermaid in this bunting that we will use when the book goes on sale um but it's it's a great great story it's great victorian fiction if you like fiction set in the 18th century uh, in London, if you're a fan of Jane Austen, certainly if you're a fan of Sarah Perry's The Essex Serpent, I think readers who really enjoyed um, that book will very much, very much love Imogen Gower's book. Rachel Christine says she's adding it to her list. Perfect, it comes out on September 11th, I believe. Soon. Soon, 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 soon. All right, so what do we have next? Mm. Well, I'm done, yeah. I think. You're leaving? I'm leaving. Well, well thank you very much. I have to take my baby back. We have two. Somebody suggested Lucy and Grace Lucy after and her granddaughters. And somebody, Lucy Jane Jorgensen, said book babies? Just book call babies. them book babies. Book babies. That could and sounds like a band. <laughs> it does sound like a band. We can come up with, have you ever played literary band names? Like combining yeah. a book with yeah, a band name? This. Something about mermaid. We'll put it in there. Something about mermaid. My best literary band name that I came up with was Horton Hears the Who. <laughs> still very, still very proud. Bravo. Still very proud. Nice. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me join the Tiki Hut. It's a pleasure. Taking, taking my drink. That's my drink. No, it's not. Your drink is over there. They're All right, Virginia, are you going to <laughs> right, we'll sit back down? Switch room. Switch room. Thanks, Kimbuktu. Thank you very much. Horton Hears the Who. All right, so who's next? Lady Mae the Mays. What you okay. got, girl? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. So what I want to talk about next is... Hold on, i got to get it. Oh, boy. Guru. Ooh. <laughs> Another podcast-related yeah. title. I kind of have a problem. <laughs> um, so, that's funny. Here. I have this really cool print for it too. It's RuPaul, and this was made for DragCon. It's a really cool print to advertise it, but I just really liked how it was a blown up cover. So RuPaul actually has his memoir as well. 
with us, but he, but for this book, it's a kind of more gifty book. It's a lot of um, big pictures and a lot of Rueisms, so a little saying, sayings to go with Rue. It's got 80 never before seen images, and it's really like an ultimate collection of just outlook on life and how he sees it. And he, I listen to his podcast called What's the Tea, um, and I love him so much. So I'm so excited to talk about this book. Um, he, he came and spoke. I got to see some of the pages for the book yesterday. Um, and they are just gorgeous photos. They're like outtakes from photo shoots or stuff he's done on his own and they never got into social media or anything like that. And he was he came into the office and talked about some of these images that he's not Oh, did seen. he come into the office? Did you see him? <laughs> Maybe. I might have <laughs> run when I knew he was in the office. How many of us were there? I feel like we were lying. I think we scared it, it looked like a spy novel movie where like they're all lined up against the wall behind each other. We all, he comes like, from oh, the other RuPaul's way. In the he office and we're off. like slinking down the hallway trying to get a look at RuPaul. And he, he was very sweet. And we all just went bright eyed. Yeah, I couldn't really speak. Nice. I was yeah, I think so we excited. We were all speechless. And he was so cool though. Oh yeah, very sweet. But he came yeah. in and talked about some of the images that I believe he hasn't seen all of them. So he kind of recorded some thoughts of what he thought about these pictures and it's going to go into the audiobook and maybe some is going to be put in the back of the book and all of these little pages with ruisms and things about his life really come together to show that I love his quote is you're born naked and the rest is drag so <laughs> it's just looking beyond the surface and seeing someone for who they really are and I think that's the main point of the book um, he is so successful. He it says he's like a meme, which is so funny to me that they put that in here. But he he's known everywhere, and he's known for RuPaul's Drag Race. And so I think it's good to have a book a little bit more about him and where he came from, because I think people just kind of know him as a an idea or from the TV show. And so I think this is going to really be able to get to know him more. So I am so excited, and it's gorgeous. So. I mean, what did we expect? The it's coming in October? Yes, in October. Um, since you've been mentioning podcasts, do you want to mention our great news? I since would like to mention our great news. Go, girl. So, the Library Love Fest team has launched a podcast. What? what? It's up and running. So, we have <laughs> two episodes right now. And it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can go find it. It's the Library Love Fest podcast. We have a great cover art. We're so excited about it. It's a little drawer with cards. Library card. Ah, oh, the poll. So yeah. cute. So check it out just for the art, too. It's beautiful. But you should subscribe because it comes every time we upload. It'll go straight into your app, whatever your app of choice is. And you can download and listen. The last episode was about I'll Be Gone in the Dark. So... You should check it out. It's a conversation with the editor um, that we've pulled from past and then kind of some updates on what the book is doing. And I don't know. I'm really excited about it. I she did a great job, and it's amazing. And we're so excited about this. It's just a whole new thing for people who don't have time to sit here and watch us in the Tiki Hut. I mean, I think it's just – and as Chris did a fabulous interview with Willie Vlaughton. Must It was the first thing that we put up there, and it's it, you must hear it. It's just wonderful. So – Hats off to you, sister. That was a great thing. We're so psyched. We're huge accomplishment. Huge. Everybody's huge really responding. They're yeah. saying we'll definitely check out the podcast, Carla. And Rachel says, that's amazing. Congrats on the podcast. 
Jane says, ooh, a podcast. I love a book podcast. So super. I will need to check it out. Yes. Kimberly. Yeah. We are going to fill yeah. that up with stuff. If you have any questions about it, just let me know. And I ask Lainey all the time what's going on. <laughs> yeah. um, no, because she, she really, she did it. She steered the whole thing, and it's just, it's just we're really excited to have it. So good. I yes. promise that's the last podcast-related book <laughs> that I'm going to present today. For 15 minutes, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay, can I find pieces of her? Pieces of her, Karen Slaughter. Perhaps you've heard of her. She's amazing. So we keep talking about this book, but um, there's a reason why. Because it's fabulous. Such a, such a, such a wonderful book. As are all of her books. She's Okay, so she's published in 37 languages. I have these stats that you have to know because it backs up everything that I'm telling you. 35 million copies of her books have been sold around the world. She has 18 novels in the Grant, she has the Grant County series, she has the Will Trent series, and then she has um, her standalones. So she's all over, and Pieces of Her is her new one, and is coming out on August 21st, her fourth standalone. Um, it's in the vein of Pretty Girls and The Good Daughter, and it is a story of a mother and a daughter, and um, it's, uh, it's about her, uh, uh, there's a, they meet, um, the daughter is working at this kind of a, she's left her job and she's come back home and um, she's there to help her mother who has some health issues and um, her mother comes to her job one day at a mall and there's, they're talking and I think the girl's not really so crazy about her job and her, where her life is going but um, she's there to help and they're, in the middle of their conversation there is a shooting and um, that launches the action uh, and the trail for the rest of the book, which takes you on this sort of, the tagline is really like, do you really ever know somebody, including your mother? Um, I, um, and, and the thing is that she thinks she knows her mother, but she really doesn't, because her mother has an entirely different life, and it's tied into this shooting. Um, when they're at the hospital, she doesn't want to talk, don't talk to the cops, don't answer a question, and she's like, why, you know? And so it goes, that's, that's as I say, the launching part, and it's really about how she's um, un uncovering and discovering her mother's earlier life. Um, it is not, um, it is not, some of you may know Karen's books, as, uh, and some of them can be, you know, they're pretty graphic. I mean, let's face it, they are. And people love that, you know. She's not a best-selling author around the world for nothing. Some people might not love that. If you haven't read her, start with this book. Um, we're fans. And love. we, it, I have to find the, um, I have to find the code. Got a starred review in Booklist. Rebecca Vanuk reviewed this book. She's now the director for Library Reads, executive director for Library Reads. Um, and she says this is a departure from Slaughter's more gruesome standalone thrillers and popular series mysteries that will satisfy, more than satisfy, her many fans. This is a, a bit of a new direction with this book. Uh, readers will find themselves totally immersed in the suspenseful, alternating storylines and won't want either of them to end. Starred book list review. Also, just side note that she's a huge supporter of libraries. Um, if you go to her website, you'll find out all about it, but she has, uh, she's constantly trying to raise money. She trying. She is raising money for libraries. She has an organization called Save the Libraries. Um, you can find out all about this. She just recently donated uh, She donated uh, $10,000 to the Ferguson Library. Uh, she, she's just, she's amazing. So go to her website, karenslaughter.com, 
and you will find out more and more and more about her. And uh, people I, really, really love her. Mm. Betty Taylor says, love Karen Slaughter. Pieces of hers on my to-be-read to list. Sounds like a great read. And here's an interesting one. I enjoyed Virginia's interview with Karen in the cat shop. Ah! Oh. I got this wine for doing that interview because cats just freaked me out. They were all over the place. And I love them. I have two of them. But, whoo! Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. It's very um, detailed. I... Because she's on the run for a little bit, and so you're just like, she thought of everything. Some of it takes place in the library. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I found myself going back going, wait, what? What? Yeah. So good. So smart. And I have to say, like, yeah, Karen, she's pacey, and she does the twists and turns, and she's brilliant at that. But, like, when I started, the first book I read by her was Pretty Girls, uh, which is her first, I believe, her first standalone she did. Uh, which, again, it's kind of gruesome, but... It's the characters and the relationships. In this way, in this one, it's a mother-daughter relationship, but between sisters, between fathers and daughters, they're all so well done, and they play an integral part in the storyline, and they're just fully fleshed out. And she's, yeah. she's just a brilliant writer. She really is. She is. And all of them, they're not flat. They're pretty yeah. dynamic. It's interesting. Yeah. So tons of back to check out now. Mm -hmm. Cop Town, Pretty Girls, The Good Daughter, and pieces of her coming out, and then the Grant Count series. Uh, Grant. Grant County Series and the World Trans Series, and we're huge supporters of Karen, and we love her because she puts her money where her mouth is when it comes to libraries. Mm -hmm. May I now present my objet d'art? <laughs> this ties in because a good friend of mine, who is also a good friend of Karen's, gave me this. FDR bobblehead. What could <laughs> be better? Look at that. Also, this comes out every day. But isn't that wonderful? I just love him. Anyway, I thought Taylor's I would share kicking it. the habit. Yes, yes, he's kicking the habit. Okay, so that's my that's my desk thing. And next, who's next? Uh, See, I told you it always comes I out. Okay. Anyone want more thrillers? More thrillers? More thrillers. More thrillers. More thrillers. Okay. Holy smokes. Um, so this one, Cross Her Heart, Sarah Pinborough, which Lainey just finished as well. I finished this so morning. So she can pipe in. <laughs> Um, so, this is her second novel. Her first novel, uh, Behind Her Eyes, really blew up in a special way. Um, it started a hashtag WTF that ending. Um, it's just super twisty, brilliant writer, uh, based in the UK. And so, this is another standalone um, that follows this mother who has a teenage daughter who's kind of slowly starting to rebel, but she's lived a very kind of closeted life because she has a horrific past that she can't let anyone really know about that would endanger both her daughter and herself. And it kind of traces this past catching up with her and, and all these secrets, secrets as they slowly reveal themselves. Um, her daughter goes missing and then she's relying upon herself and her best friend, Marilyn, who has secrets of her own. So you have like the central mystery of what this mother is hiding, how it relates to the disappearance of her daughter, but then also just all these various side characters. And it was so much fun reading it. Uh, Kim, who we just saw, she was reading it at the same time. Read it with people because you'll all start get, like trying to guess what is actually happening. There's just so many, you know, there might be a red herring or two, you don't know. It's so, so good. And I thought so I exciting. had it figured out and then it turns completely. Um, it was really good. It's not, it, it's a, different than her first book, but it has the same 
Sarah Pinborough twist. You know, you mm -hmm. don't see it coming until you're right there. And I loved the women's relationships because it's based on like really strong women and it's, it's really good. Yeah, and speaking of that, so I just saw this tweet by Becky uh, Spratford who does reviews for Booklist, oh, yeah. she's a librarian. And she just tweeted that she turned in a review for this for an upcoming issue of Booklist. And it says, one of the most satisfying aspects here is that unlike most of the girl books being published today, Cross Her Heart is truly, honestly, and unapologetically feminist from top to bottom, a novel driven by the strong relationships between women, for better or worse. So, yeah, I got tingles reading it. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you got the tingles? I got the tinglies. Sometimes I'm, I, I'm prone to the tinglies, you know, when you, yeah. it travels down your spine, whether it's a good book, a good movie trailer, a good song, or a good review. Um, it draws you in, too. It, I would read it on the subway, and I would forget I was on the subway. Yeah, yeah. it's it's brilliant. And, and again, I do love just all the central characters are women. For, they're flawed, but they're, they're doing it, and they're taking care of it. Um, it's... It's brilliant, and it follows us. And I just have to say, like the the viewpoint, it shifts to this mother's upbringing, which is really tough. Like she she yeah. had a pretty horrific upbringing, and it's not. You know, you talk about gratuitous. It's it's hard at times because it's it kind of made her who she is, and this secret that she's hiding plays into this really horrible upbringing. But it it just it it completely nails kind of what it is to be a child in a bad situation, and how that can turn into like anger and confusion and how, how that kind of comes out in the real world. So there's a lot to go on in this novel. There's a lot to talk about uh, and it, it will be talked about. I, yeah. I'm sure of it. It's, it's a conversation mm -hmm. starter as well. Motherhood is another big thing in it. Um, relationships between mothers and daughters and mm -hmm. how that transpires. I, and we were super jazzed when we found out that we were getting this book because we didn't publish the first book, but you know, my God, who didn't know? Who didn't hear about that first book? And then we found out we were getting this book. Was like, oh my God, this is amazing! Yeah. So, lucky for us. Yeah. Harlan Coben says Sarah Pinborough is about to become your new obsession. Truth. Well, so, leave it at that. Uh, September. Yes. All right. September. We have 15 minutes left. We have. I have a timely, somewhat timely book to talk about. Uh, wait a minute. That's not it. Hold on. <laughs> Hold the horn. Okay, Another Woman's Husband by Jill Paul. Okay, so there's a, there's a wedding coming up this weekend. I don't know if you're all setting your clocks for 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to, <laughs> to watch uh, these lovely people uh, tie the knot over in London. Um, but this book is historical fiction. It's, it's a novel, but the author is... Um, is a historical fiction writer, and she has um, she has the, the, written this this novel about uh, Wallace Simpson and and uh, Diana, Princess of Wales, which is why I'm referencing the uh, the wedding. Um, so it's um, it's about this uh, it's about it takes place in two different time time frames, so 1911 and 1997. And in 1911, uh, we meet uh, this 15-year-old girl, Mary Kirk, and she is at this summer camp where she meets this kid, Wallace Warfield, who ends up to be Wallace Simpson. Um, and they are immediately besties, then, because Wallace Simpson is just, you know, she's, she's funny and she's fearless and she's, she's just uh, very self-assured. Um, and so they become friends. Mary's parents aren't too crazy about her hanging with Wallace too much because Wallace is really, you know, kind of 
kind of out there, but uh, but they are they are loyal friends to each other. Um, and up uh, there's she stands by her side even years later when they're adults and rumors swirl about Wallace and her reckless behavior with none other than the Prince of Wales. So that's the one story. And uh, the next uh, parallel story is in 1997. It's this young couple. They're newly engaged. <clears throat> they're in Paris and they are in a cab. Uh, and up ahead of them, the traffic is stopped, and because uh, there's a car crash up ahead, and it's Princess Diana, she's in the car crash, and so they are on the scene, and they they see more than they should, and they are sort of, you know, they're just kind of horrified by the whole thing, and they also kind of walk away from this whole thing with very different takes on it. Like one doesn't, you know, one really talk about it, one doesn't want to sort of exploit that you know, that position that they're in, that they saw stuff, and the other one wants, the husband kind of wants to. So it also puts a stress on their um, relationship. So that's, at the heart of it, are these, are these two parallel stories. Um, and um, the author has this really cool uh, website, and a, and a great behind the book piece. Um, her, as I say, her name is Jill Paul, I go to Jill, G-I-L-L Paul.com and you can see this um, video of her talking about how she came to write this story which as I say is fiction but there was a germ of an idea and it was that Princess Diana had visited um, uh, Wallace Simpson's villa, the Villa Windsor, like right before uh, she was killed in that car crash like in August of 1997 and so she thought wow these two women really were very similar in a way like they were both married into this family they both had kind of tough childhoods um, they were each raised by a single parent due to separations and whatnot and they had they had a tough time they also were big fashionistas and so they she saw these parallels and so she decided to to write this story and it 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 puts Wallace Simpson in sort of a more favorable light which I don't know that you find all that much so um, so I think that um, this is this is gonna be a really cool book uh, she wrote *The Secret Wife*, which is which uh, to great acclaim, and there were you know three thousand, three hundred thousand ebooks in the United States were sold. But um, so you can get that now, and this comes out in August. But do go to her website; she has so much on it, um, really cool stuff. And she is also going to be covering the wedding this weekend for BBC. So she oh, cool. knows of what she writes, and I am very excited about this book. So check out the website, and you'll learn even more. That's mine. Okay. Who's next? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Me? Okay. Yeah, right. So I have to talk about this book, Ooh. The Real Lolita. Mm -hmm. It's September, and it's written by Sarah Weinman. I don't know if you can see it. But uh, Sarah book. Weinman. Oh my goodness. If you're a big fan of I'll Be Gone in the Dark and true crime, you're going to love this. But even if you're a literary fan and like Lolita, um, by Vladimir Nobokov. It's the true story of a girl in 1948 who got abducted and lived with a man for two years away from her family and then came back home. And it's kind of what Lolita was based on. I mean, it is, but the whole time Vladimir Nobokov said that it wasn't, even though there's proof that he knew about it and several other cases come in too. So this is a true story about the girl, but it goes in between. It's, um, her name is Sally Horner. Um, she tragically died a few years after she was released, though, so it, it, she has her own story as well, but it goes between her story and what actually happened in real life. Frank LaSalle, this, oh, I, I just, 
it does such a good job of saying like what they were thinking and what the family was going through and what she might have seen in him because I think Lolita kind of spins it and it's from the man's point of view. And so this is saying, no, this is Lolita's truce. This is what actually happened. This can actually happen. Yep. Um, so Sally Horner got um, caught stealing something by Frank LaSalle is the man's name. And he kind of blackmailed her Ugh. into thinking that he was going to send her to jail. So she goes off with him under a pretense. Her mother doesn't know. And he kidnaps her and makes her act like his daughter and does terrible things to her. And everybody outside thinks that it's just this normal father-daughter relationship. And when she come, and then she gets a neighbor to call the police and she calls her brother-in-law and says, call the FBI. And they were like, we didn't even know she was upset. We thought it was a great life. So it goes in between this true story. So it really brings her to the forefront and makes the victim story told. But then it goes in between that and what um, Vladimir was doing while he was writing this book and kind of the reviews that it got and the whole history of Lolita. So it really is so detailed and I, I just like academic papers what I think, but I mean that in the best possible way because it's so thorough. I just, I enjoyed it, it's so smooth to read so it's not kind of like dry, but it's so thorough. Every question I had, she was like, already looked into it. I've already <laughs> researched it. I know everything. And so, oh my goodness. But you don't have to read Lolita. I've never read Lolita, and I still loved it. So. And an interesting fact, in 1948, when Sally Horner was kidnapped, she was only 11. 11. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that awful? Yeah. So Lolita, I think, was aged up a little in the novel, but she was only 11. She, she got out when she was 13. And it's but it's just like I'll Be Gone in the Dark gives a name to the victims this yeah. kind of makes it her story again and, mm -hmm. and points out that she deserves the credit of this horrible thing happening to her and he took that story and he refused to give it credit in his life so hmm. I will say that um, this is another author who Sarah Wyman who we, we are so excited to have at HarperCollins I mean she is she has, uh, you know, she's been a writer for for many years, and and uh, and is a mystery maven. If if she's if she's watching, I hope you take that in the best possible light because you are. Uh, I mean, I just have heard such wonderful things and read such wonderful things, and to to have this book written by Sarah Weinman under our roof is yeah. really really cool. Yeah. So sorry, it's the 60th anniversary of Lolita's stateside publication is when it's coming out too. So that's yeah. really. Yeah, and Google Sarah Wine and then go to her website because there's yeah. lots and lots that she's um, really interesting mystery-related uh, uh, articles on there that she's written. So and a blog, it's just great. So and she's coming to the American Library Association. So if you're coming, please check it out. So we have about five minutes left. Uh oh. So if you have any questions, please get them in to our Library Love Fest team. Okay. And what else we got? Lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning round, right. like super fast. Super yeah. Ditch all the content and just tell them. All right, cool. Um, so an author you need to know about. Sci-fi fans, fantasy fans watching, you need to know about Nikki Drayden. The Prey of Gods was her novel, which came out, I believe, about two years ago, a year and a half. Uh, won all, it just nominated for all the sci-fi awards, critical praise, takes place in kind of an alternate future South Africa and a really cool mix of sci-fi fantasy. Um, but also deals with social justice um, and, and just kind of really biting critiques on certain topics. Um, and then her new one is Temper, which is coming out in August. Uh, this is for fans of Lauren Bucus, uh, Nadi Okorafor. 
really exciting because in sci-fi, obviously, diversity of voices is important. Uh, Nikki is a young black author who is living in Texas. She also codes. She's awesome. Uh, and this is, again, going to be a very funny novel that takes place in South Africa or an alternate future South Africa. Uh, two brothers uh, where in this world basically you have vices and the more vices you have the more brands visible brands on your skin you receive one brother has a lot of brands one only has one so their futures are basically destined to go to go apart one is going to go to high society one is in low society and um, it kind of traces their relationship in this very strange and magical land uh, that could be South Africa um, again, she's a rising star in sci-fi, so if you're into that genre, you're into fantasy, you just need to keep tabs on this because it's going to be huge. She's just a brilliant author. We're really excited to have her on our list. Uh, again, this is coming in August. Next. There we go. Story of H by Marina Perizagua. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, there's not enough time to do this book justice. Um, it's a story about a Japanese woman and an American soldier, and they, t and they are on a quest together to find a girl who goes missing in the aftermath of Hiroshima or Hiroshima. There's no one definitive place where I can find exactly how to pronounce that. Um, but it takes them across the globe, and it is, touches on gender, identity, and violence. There's a fabulous behind-the-book piece. You must read this book. It's been translated. Um, it's, just, it's just wonderful. She's an important Spanish uh, the Spanish language women's voices are on the rise, and this woman does uh, raises the bar. So that's that one. Okay. Real quick. Quickly. Lands of Lost Borders by Kate Harris. It's coming out in August, and Kate is a Canadian travel writer. She's got a lot of great things I won't get into, but she's a great travel writer. She's got her chops, and she wrote this. She, went, she wanted to kind of explore somewhere that wasn't all mapped out for her, and she kind of did away with that and went on the Silk Road, which is over 4,000 miles <laughs> on bike with her friend, and she went back and wrote about it, and it's about overcoming um, your boundaries you set for yourself and the world set for you, and she kind of found herself, and it, the wording, it's silky. <laughs> it's not, I'm not kidding. It's just like, it That's rolls so off the tongue, and it's beautiful, so. Um, and she's got a Kirkus Star review. She's got all the reviews, and if you like Wild or Pico Iyer, um, he gave a great quote, so. Land Christopher, what you got? Uh, I, I've expended all my books. Okay. Fabulous Bouvier Sisters. Who doesn't love Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, who I worked with at Doubleday, by the way. <sighs> uh, yep. So this is uh, a story about her and her sister, Lee Radswell, and it is written by the author of, um, by Sam Kashner and, and Nancy Schoenberger, the author of Furious Love, which we have here, which was a huge bestseller, um, and this is about um, their very complicated relationship growing up. The, the, there are books out there about these sisters. The difference with this one, what sets this one apart, is that Sam Kashner spent hours interviewing Lee Radswell, who is in her late 80s now, and she's ready for the world to hear her story. That sets this book apart from all others. It is wonderful and straight from the horse's mouth. Fabulous. And a 16-page color insert. Hello. That's all I have, too. That's all we have. And that's all the time that we have, except if you summer reading... If anybody in the world hasn't read this book, you better, because it's mm -hmm. amazing. The Last Mrs. Parrish. We love this book. We love yes, this book. such a good thriller. So let's end on a happy note. The Last Mrs. Parrish is a delicious read. <laughs> Pick it up now and dive in. And speaking of diving in, let's have a little more wine and say goodbye to all of our friends. Thank you for, for, for chiming in, for ch tuning in. And 
There we go. All the good things to you. All the good things to you. Thanks for joining us. Bye.